The Top Agents Playbook Podcast is proudly brought to you by Real Ads. Real Ads brings all your high-value real estate tech tools together in one platform to slash cost and boost marketing at the same time. Discover the future of real estate marketing by Googling Real Ads CRM. That's R-E-A-L-A-D-S-C-R-M. Now, here's your host, Ray Wood. I don't know where we are. That's a great idea. We were going a long time. Good call. Yeah, that was that was that was forty minutes or something. So now uh, you'll get two out of it. That'll be great. Cool. Well, okay, we'll we'll get back into it right now. Well, hi everybody, and welcome back to the show, part two of my episode with Joel. Joel, good morning. Uh, Joel from Louisiana. How are you, mate? Hey, Ray. Always glad to talk to you. So we're uh, this is part two of our chat of our pre-Christmas chat. We were looking for ways to create some content. We thought we'd just chat ourselves. At the end of the last episode, we were talking about property affordability and uh, it's getting harder and harder for people to buy property. And I know that's a huge thing here. Everybody's blaming the uh, the politicians and and the governments and things like that. Um, I mean, I don't think there's probably anybody else to blame. It's just. Uh, supply and demand there are only so many properties uh, out there um and uh i don't really think that it's anybody's fault i think that we live in these fabulous countries where people want to live i mean they are knocking down walls to come and live in in the usa and canada and australia and new zealand and and many places around the world you know there are those that are way less fortunate than us it's a it's a troubling time I got to stop you right there because you said something in the last episode that that resonates with exactly. And, and I want to highlight it for people. Yes. In both your country and mine, by the way, people from all over the world, this is true for Australia too. People are dying to get into Australia. Literally. People are desperate to get to the situation that you and I have people we know that complain about that same situation, right? man, That you you talk about in the last episode, we talked about negative news and how the media leads with everything that's bad. And so the media might tell you, you might hear, hear a headline, you know, 500 immigrants caught at the border today, blah, blah, blah. But what I hear is the place you live is so wonderful. <laughs> 500 people this morning were willing to break the law and chance death and injury and yeah you know, lifetime imprisonment or whatever might come, deportation, et cetera, et cetera, just to get on the bottom rung of the ladder that you've been spending 40 years climbing in my case, you know, like, heck yeah. When, how am I going to be sad today? You know, when that's the case, really? So anyway, knowing that though, you're right. Housing prices aren't going down because more and more people are coming here. We're going to continue to have children. The, the America and Canada are going to get filled to bursting. So the question that I asked in the last episode, is there like a, is there a, well, your brother, for instance, I know has focused in the past on condos in Australia. Yep. yep. Andrew. So is there a multifamily dwelling idea that could, that we could sell in a bigger way to the American populace, especially, and learn from our Canadian Australian uh, brothers or cousins more like a community or something. Um, I honestly don't know, Joel. I don't, I don't even know if it exists at the moment. Maybe it does. Uh, it's a model that is probably coming. I think something like that is not far away, you know, property affordability. Um, you know, there's a lot of studies that say people should be renting instead of buying because um, financially it's, 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 it's more, um, it's a, it's a, it's a better deal. You can, you can save more money, you know, like at the end of the day, you've, you've got more shekels, but the reality is, I think for most people, we want to control, I don't want a landlord giving me notice that I've got to move out of my house. Um, if I want to, if I want to put a new kitchen counter, um, in my kitchen or, or do something, I want to make an improvement that I'm going to enjoy and that ultimately I'm going to benefit from, because that's all part of You my- want your kid to paint the room. You Correct. want your kid to paint their bedroom. That's, <laughs> That's yep. what it comes to. And Ray, yep. it's so simple, but that is what home ownership means to people. Yes. It's like I want my backyard to look like I want my backyard to look. Correct. Yeah. That's all. That's all. It's, you know, that's what's going on there. So um, I, I don't know the whole housing affordability thing. I, I think it's an ongoing, I, I think it's an issue that we're going to be dealing with for the rest of our lives. Um, I wonder if our parents went through a similar thing, wondering how we're going to do it. Um, you know what? You just got to suck it up. Uh, you know, and my advice to to younger people is, yeah, just get saving and, and make it happen because, you know, that house you're looking at for five or six hundred, you're going to wake up one morning and it's one point two, and then it's too late. Yep. So, 
get in, have a crack at it, make it happen. Even at my age, Ray, I I think something that I've heard in the last year that has changed my own thinking is like the the home you the first home you buy is just that. It's the first home you buy. It's your entry into the real estate system. Yep. And no matter where you start in that system, it might not be what you want. It might not be even what you need, but it is your toehold into the ongoing credit and, and um, you know, interest game that will bring you into the ability to own the home that you want to at some point in the future. Yep. You mentioned the cost of renting versus owning. And let me just make this analogy. Uh, I don't know how this works in Canada, honestly, but in America, the way that most people pay their taxes is it's withdrawn from their, uh, you know, pay stub every week or every yeah. month or whatever. They yeah. get a W-2. And at the end of the year, the company tells them how much they took out in taxes. And then generally they file their taxes and the government says, hey, actually, you paid us $500 too much. Here's a check for $500. And everybody's excited about that That tax income refund. My father was always mad at those people. He'd say, as a interest-free loan you've given to the government all year, you know, and as an independent contractor, one of the things I like is I can manage that. I can keep that cash flow and pay my taxes when I want to and try to keep it as close to the exact uh, dollar amount, et cetera. But for most people, they don't have the willpower, the knowledge, the time, the energy to manage that money. So for most people, it's actually a better system to let the government, let the companies take a little more forced saving right and at the end of the year i'm going to get a grand i'm going to get two grand maybe boy i got five grand this year in my tax refund we're going to buy a new sofa or whatever yeah that was their five thousand they could have bought the sofa all year long right but they wouldn't have because it would have been in 20s and 50s and they would have wasted it at starbucks or whatever right that's most people i think the same thing is true when you compare renting versus home ownership for most people the only way they're ever going to build wealth is through the growth of the value of their home or their property, home. And, right? And really, because you're never going to put a hundred thousand dollars in the bank. Most people just aren't going to do it. They're not. They don't have the willpower. They don't have the energy. They don't have the interest. No, they'll find something else to do with the money. Real estate is the uh, is the underpins the wealth of the world. That's that's what all of the wealth of the world is is based on. So that's it. What else can that's we? That's literally what. But here's a, here's a question for you. What else can we own? that is essential to our needs that actually increases in value. Nothing in that room that you're standing does. It all depreciates. Nothing in this room does. Even if I've got some, okay, I might have some nice art that that, that might be worth more. In, That's in subjective. Time, but I can't sleep under it, right? Or maybe, no, and, and if, yeah. if an apocalypse happens, that art is worthless. Sure. Your home, the property, the land will inherently always have the same relative value to other property and land there's there we're not making any more of it right that's yep. what this yep. the old saying was buy land they're not god's not making any more of it yeah and it's i mean i suppose there are some islands popping up somewhere in the pacific probably from volcanic uh, uh interaction but we're there's erosion on the coastline too so it's a it's a some game what <laughs> Zero about, some game what about that iceberg that broke off from I want to say i don't know whether it's the north pole or the south pole anyway this this iceberg so, broke off in in the 80s right and it's been floating around it's 900 billion tons or something and it sheds as much fresh water every day that the city of london consumes so that's all that water heading into the gulf of mexico so that's crazy there's uh, so here i am i am <laughs> more than anybody other than a Titanic fan, I suppose I am heightened awareness for icebergs because right. <laughs> as a child, I learned very well, all of those eighties environmental messages, you know, save the earth and, and clean the seas. And man, every time I get a six pack of drinks, I got to break all the little rings up because I yep. know the turtles get caught on those, man. Right. I, whoever made That's that ad, right. yep. they did their job so well. Yeah. I'll never forget that message. All my children know it now too. Anyway, icebergs melting icebergs is what is going to flood south louisiana over time that's what i've right. always been told since i was a kid right and what that's going to mean for me because i live in the north part of the state is that all of the culture and all of the population <laughs> and all the politicians from the south of the state <laughs> are going to be forced up into my neck of the woods so again the property values are going to skyrocket there you go 
Well, what... but the uh, but the traffic's going to get worse, Ray. I'm worried about it. Look at that thumbs up bubble just came up on the screen. So that's that? some new things. Look at this. I can do. I think you get something different if you get two thumbs up. There's uh, uh, if I do a peace sign, yeah, you get confetti. That's There's a bunch bad. of them. I can't remember how how many that like how to trigger them all. So Apple does. Apple did that in the latest update. It's on by default. You can do hand gestures and get effects that happen in your screen uh, that like fall oh, down through the screen. Oh, there we are. There we are. I got one. Yeah, you got one. Yeah. So what about okay? They got in trouble though. Yeah, I think there is an okay for, for something too. I don't remember what it does, but they got in trouble with this though because it triggered in someone's therapy session. They were doing oh, no. a remote therapy session and they were talking, you know, about some heavy tragic thing, and then they held their hands up in such a way that the computer saw the peace sign and gave the confetti. Or there you go, one peace sign and you get balloons, two peace signs and you get confetti. I think. Yeah, it's nuts. Uh, Anyway, yeah, they did. They did something. They triggered the peace sign, and they thought it was balloons. Yes. Maybe you should get a farm. Here's <laughs> an idea. Here's an idea. Right? What about you buy a farm out of town, a few acres, and build something like you know, just modular, that you can do your community thing, and where you can have another family. They could rent it, right? So and share the common areas and stuff like that. There's your income. That's, so it's, that's paying your mortgage. It, and from that money, you're going to build a big garage or garage, as they call it here in Canada. Um, and in there, you're going to build an ark, right? Because the water's <laughs> coming up. And so a couple of big 600, we'll 600 right out of here mercuries on the back and uh, and you're off to the races. There's, there's my you, advice. It's it's funny. So my, my mother is... Um, in her mid sixties and my dad passed away like uh, almost two years ago now uh, yep. from Alzheimer's. Right. She is like loving life. She's out and about and doing all sorts of things, but the hometown where I grew up in and where she still lives, there's really nothing there for her now. She doesn't have very many friends left there anymore. All of the kids are gone. Obviously it's not a thriving community. It's not happening. So we've been talking about, actually we, we found a piece of property and for a little while we talked about, putting her on one end and me on one end and and a, and a different unit in the middle yeah. to, as you say, pay the bills. Yeah. The property went away from us a little bit before we okay. moved on anything. But I do think that's in my future eventually. I'm here. seeing yeah, more, I do think more a multi -unit happening. Place. And, and, uh, and families keeping elderly parents uh, at home rather than going into into aged care or, or, or uh, assisted living. Well, or and that's a very, as we were that talking earlier, that's a very European thing. Assuming. You know, that's a yep. that's an adoption of an old culture. That's the way it used to be. And in America, it never really was that way. But now it is finally you've got these multi-generational homes, which there's a lot of benefit to it, too. You know, you have you get a relationship with the grandparents or the great grandparents and the kids that you can't get if you just go visit them once in a while. You yep. know, if, if grandma lives in the home, the children get a, a sense of that you know, ongoing narrative of the family that I, I do think matters. So yep. I think, I think there's benefits from this housing crisis, quote unquote, that we're facing that, that I think you, you know, people need to look at the bright side of these things. As we said, there are opportunities in any market or situation. There are opportunities and people that'll advance and take advantage of those if you can. So to try to yep. look on the bright side, speaking of that, right. What is on your agenda for 24? Knowing this oh, the continued housing market issue, yep. um, as you're looking at realtors and trying to get them in a position to win in their local markets, like what are you focusing on for the new year? I'm um, building funnels for my clients. Long story short, I've set up a website called webuildyourfunnels.com. People can check it out. Uh, and I kind of explain in there a little bit about, about what you know what's going on. I've done a lot of... Uh, lot of looking at what's out there in the market and um, my my net thinking for most of the people that I work with is they're only looking to add on two or three extra sales every month if they can do that for a, for a lot of people out there that would probably double their numbers so if they can add a couple of listings and a couple of sales a month um, that's uh, that's a win as far as I'm concerned that's a win for them and the processes in place that that make that happen are purely around building a funnel. So it's the three stages of the funnel. It's the attract, uh, attract potential client, nurture potential client, convert potential client to client. So it's really only those things. So bringing people into my funnel. So how are we finding them? And then I'm I'm actually 
um, building funnels for those people and showing them the same way that it works. The tech out there these days is amazing. So I've got this fabulous new platform. It's a bit of a CRM, uh, but it's uh, it's a it's a global platform that works brilliantly. Um, even things that manages like um, uh, Reputation Manager, which is which is cool. And uh, you know, if somebody gives you a three star review instead of a five star review, it doesn't cancel it, but it it's called gated. Uh, and it gives you the chance to reach out and say, "Hey, I'm just doing some marketing. Uh, any chance we could nudge that uh, nudge that review a little higher, etc." So you can kind of manipulate. probably the wrong word to use, but you can kind of influence. Massage, what, massage. Thank you. So <laughs> that's one of the big things that's happening. And so I'm just leveraging this tech, and I'm the agents that I'm working with are uh, they're kind of I'd call most of the most of the people I work with are kind of tech wannabes. They want to be probably more tech than they are, but they don't really want to be. They want to stick, you know, you know, they want to stay on the tools as I as I call it. They want to list and sell property. And but they want to be able to leverage this tech that's happening in the background while they're asleep, while they're at the gym. I mean, you know, somebody woke up in your town this morning and decided to sell. If they didn't, if you're an agent, if they didn't call you, then there's obviously no relationship. So I guess I'm always looking for how can we create more relationships with our potential people. You talked before, Joel, in the last episode that we did about um, recording quality content. I want to get into that um, a little bit as well because I've got that question written down for you. But, um, uh, you know, like connecting with businesses and and how are we connecting with businesses and and isn't that a great way to to get out there and reach more people and not be real estate all the time, but, you know, give other people a voice, let uh, other people promo. Now, the beautiful thing about this is that not everybody's going to do it. So, um, but in most areas, nobody's done it. So we live in this magic window of time coming into 2024. And I don't know when you're listening to this, it might be in the future, but now's the time to grab this because that's low hanging fruit. Ray, the thing that occurs to me is, yeah, not only is, is in a lot of areas, nobody's done it. But I think about, especially in the States, I don't know if this is true in, in Canada and Australia, but I'm imagining it probably is. Local media has been decimated by the internet, right? Yeah. So if you live in a suburban area or a rural area, a place that was for decades served by a newspaper, yeah. maybe a local TV station even, chances are you went from maybe you had multiple TV stations in the past. Maybe you got one now, maybe you've got no newspaper or they're only, you know, releasing weekly, monthly, whatever it might be. That's an opportunity for anyone, especially in real estate and mortgage, step in there and provide a highlight for the things that are going on in your area, become a feature of your community, not because of your real estate business, yep. but because you care about your community because yes. you're paying attention because you're involved and it will bring you those clients just because you're building relationships. Yep. What does is, what is Ray do? Oh, he's the guy that makes all those videos. He was downtown at the coffee shop the other day. Yeah, but what does yep. he do? He sells real estate. Did yep. you know that? Yeah, he's, he sold my brother-in-law's house, actually. Did a yep. great job. You guys yep. should call him. Wait, I got his number here. No, 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 don't worry. I'm following him on Instagram. I can see his number because it's in his profile, right? Like, boom. You, here's the other thing too, Ray. Referrals need social proof. Uh, even if you've got a solid business and you're serving your clients well and they're giving you rave reviews and mentioning you to their people, in the past, that might have been enough. They'd just call Ray because Joe Bob told them to call Ray. But now they say, who? Ray, Ray Wood? Ray Wood was your guy? That's right. Right. And they're looking at you, they're looking for you on Instagram, they're looking for you on YouTube, they're looking, what is this Ray guy about? What does he do? And it's not just about if you know your business. It's great if you make some real estate-focused content with real estate information. That's wonderful. If you show, hey, we're here at the closing, and here's how this went, and here's a happy client, and everything went well, and blah, blah, blah. That's cool, too. But what they're really looking for, am I going to like working with Ray? Yeah. Am I am I going to have a good time dealing with this person when they call me in the middle of the night because I got to turn in a form? Yeah. Right. You know, that's what they're looking for. And yep. do you do I know, like and trust, and trust. them? Yeah. So 
you got to know, you got to be known by being out there in the public. You got to be trusted by being yourself online, by being real, you know, this, the you that shows up on Instagram, the you that shows up on TikTok, the you that shows up on YouTube, the you that shows up in those text message videos that we talked about, that needs to be the same you that they see at the closing, that they see at the showing, that they see at the open house, whatever it might be. Um, That's the thing, man. That is absolutely it. Get out there. And your system, by the way, you talked about how it's, your folks are sort of not tech tech wannabes. I don't think that's got a little neg- negative kind of activity. I say that they are streamlined tech users. In my youth, Ray, I like to build computers. I'd get a box and I'd get the parts and I'd screw those parts in and I'd, you know, get the system on a CD and I'd load the operating system and tweak everything. And once every six months, I'd have to wipe it all and start over again because something I had added in had broken it. I don't have time for that nonsense now. I buy a machine that's powerful enough to do the things that I want it to do. I update it when the operating system suggests that I update it. And otherwise, I don't want to touch it because I don't want to have to tweak it. It's the same thing with vehicles, right? I don't I don't go out and tool on my car in the, the weekend. I got things to do during the weekend, and I'm busy during the week. If something breaks down on my car, I get a mechanic that knows what to do with it, and that's it. Yep. I think it's the same thing for tech tools. People want to be streamers. They want to do Instagram lives. They want to do podcasts, but they don't want to become like so tech savvy that they're wiring all these parts together. They want done for you tools. It's the reason why your CRM system works so well. In my world, it's the reason why more and more people are using systems like Riverside.fm to record their podcasts. You hit one button, you give me the logins, I pull the file directly and then all of a sudden you got a podcast you can click the magic clips thing and get you know short clips out that's the sort of system that people want to use real producers that are doing business and that also have lives like you and i do they want to get their work done with tools that work and they don't have to futz with and that's what you got here yep 100 percent Instead of trying to configure different software to run your real estate business, Real Ads agents solve the problem with a fully loaded tech bundle that saves them over 85% in monthly costs. The platform includes a stunning CRM, an easy-to-drive social media ads manager, an online design tool, and templates to create all your marketing, a reputation management tool to quickly build five-star reviews, sales funnels to generate leads on autopilot, and lots more, including 24-7 tech support. There's never been a real estate tech stack like Real Ads. Discover the future of real estate marketing by googling real ads crm that's r-e-a-l-a-d-s c-r-m so i don't know if you can see my screen joel but there's the, there's a book i've recently written called digital mayor and i'll actually put this in the show notes so people can download a copy can you see that okay on your screen or no yes yep. it looks fantastic so i'm calling it the new real estate marketing strategy that's taking over the world how to become the local influencer in your community so that is the what would I say? I'd say the cheapest, the most cost, cheap's not a great word, most cost-effective way to reach a lot of people in a short space of time with a powerful message. So enough about that anyway. So that's uh, I'll, I'll put that link in the show notes. Joel, I want to get into content creation. So the business owners that you've been working with, um, what kind of content creation are they missing that could help them most in the, in the new year? Um, are we getting back to video again? Sort of. I think there are there are two people that I talk to most often. There are the people who have already been doing some social media because they personally enjoy it, right? Yep. And so they've they've poked around on their personal profiles. And if a business coach or somebody tells them, "Hey, you got to make TikToks, you got to make reels," they're like, "Okay, I can do that," but they can't wrap their mind around making a long form show, making a podcast. They're like, nobody wants to hear me. give a 15 minute presentation on some idea or who am I going to interview? I don't, I don't even know. I don't want to talk to other real estate folks or, you know, what am I going to talk to my loan officer every week? No, that's not, that's not a great way to do business. One or the other is not the way to go. You need calling cards. You need that social proof. Like we talked about earlier. So you do need to be on Instagram. You do need to be on reels. You do need to be on TikTok, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But I think it is imperative that you make some long form content too. And that is like the, the meat or the, um, the entree 
to go with the sampler or the appetizer that is your social media content, right? You, you, someone hears your name or they stumble upon you because the algorithm knows that they're looking for a real estate agent, for instance, yes. uh, and they live in your area. That's the other thing too. You put this content out, you create this content and you, and you make it clear that your content is like this. The algorithm is going to know that and it's going to serve it to the people who want it. Yep. Just as we talked about it in the last episode, yep. but um, that's your appetizer. That's how, that's like your, your welcome mat, you know, here's who I am. Why don't you see more of me? But before most people are going to buy from you or build a long-term relationship with you, they're going to want to know that you have expertise. Yeah. And so that in-depth and people say, well, I can't, I don't want to do a 15-minute monologue. Don't you do webinars? Don't you do open houses? Mm. Don't you explain concepts all the time in your business when you do a sales call? Like, aren't you walking people through the different products that you offer and the different ways that you can help them find that down payment assistance or uh, find that, you know, uh, right rate for the, the um, uh, what do you call it when you, you redo a mortgage? Remortgage? What's the word? Yeah. yeah no, oh, the, you got um, some fancy American name for it. I don't know. Maybe it is different in Canada than yeah. When you when you when you uh, you redo the yeah yeah you you buy you 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 have the the God we're gonna have to cut this out right yeah, anyway. Yeah, when that happens. No, I'm not. We're not cutting. I am. It. I'm totally having a a brain fart. Anyway, you when you when you update your mortgage, that's what we do. Yeah, you remortgage. I don't. We call it something different here. I wish I could remember what it was called. Anyway, when you remortgage, um. You know, you might know exactly the bank that's offering the favorable rate right now, or hey, we present it like this, and we can do this equity line of credit or whatever yeah. instead of a full remortgage or whatever it is to take care of their need. You have that knowledge, and you know the people who can make that happen, and they don't. Yeah, talk about that. Just explain that. Just make a video about that once in a while. They don't have to be long, three, five, seven, ten minutes. All of those links have tremendous value. Yeah. Your videos should be the link that they need to be to discuss the topic. No longer than that. You don't have to ramble and, and add fluff to the situation. But here's the real key on why I think you should make it a podcast, because I think so certain people want to listen to this sort of information, and, and it's good to be there in audio for those that do. But even if you don't want to make a real podcast, you have got to, got to, got to put video on YouTube, because yep. YouTube is the biggest search engine in the world it's bigger than google because even when you google things youtube yes, search results so show up there right let, so okay let me get on You've that got thing, to be Joel, let me give you let yes. me give you an example let's say i'm an agent in let's say i'm an agent in baton rouge which is not your city but it's, uh it's it's local yeah it's a, it's a big area yep so um why wouldn't i do a video that says simply 10 things you must know before moving to Baton Rouge, right? So I'm a video. I might be wanting to attract a buyer who's coming to, to Baton Rouge to buy property. Um, now, unless I um, put myself out there, they're not going to know. So that would be one. The other thing is you, you could do like the top 10 streets in Baton Rouge. Where am I going to buy? There's so many topics. So if you want to know what's actually working for anybody, in, in real estate who's marketing on YouTube, simply go to their channel and you can see the kind of volume that they're doing. Select videos, then select popular, and you'll see which titles are working really well. Um, I talk about my buddy Levi Lassick from Dallas, Texas, and he's got a great YouTube channel called um, Living in Dallas. I think it's called Living in Dallas. And uh, on there, I think his number one is... Um, why I hate Dallas. So there's a kind of an inflammatory uh, title, and then obviously he 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 turns that into something uh, during the video because he doesn't hate Dallas. He loves it. It's his uh, it's his livelihood. But it's very interesting how a simple title like that can get you traffic because there are so many eyeballs out there looking for looking for looking for traffic. Along those lines, Ray, thumbnails. Thumbnails yeah. are huge. So many content creators, especially early on in the journey, they're like, well, I'll just get it up there and make it happen. I'll just get it up there and make it happen. Don't forget to make a custom thumbnail. It doesn't have to be fancy. You can use templates. If you Google YouTube thumbnail templates, there are a million creators out there that'll have packs that you can download, some for a few bucks and some for absolutely free. Yeah. But uh, you can also go to Canva. You know, which is a great service, by the way. They've Jiggler. got some new AI tools. Jiggler, exactly. 
<laughs> all of those sorts of places that you use any of those tools, whatever, whatever you can feel comfortable with. But my point is, Ray, on this make show. an image, <laughs> make an image. Sorry. My point is make an image. Yep. Make a 19, you know, a, a 1080p image, a widescreen yes. image yes. to drop in for that thumbnail, because that is the thing that catches people's eyes. You just mentioned the, the provocative title. I guarantee yep. you, whether that's the actual title of his video or not, that text, why I hate Dallas is yep. on his thumbnail. Yep. Right. And it's a picture of his face. It is. It is. That's right. And yeah. why I hate Dallas. And that that right there. Yes, exactly. You're like, why does he hate Dallas? Yeah. Wait a minute. This whole channel is about Dallas. What is this about? And you're and you're and you're through and you're listening. And and then if the content is good, it'll hold your attention. And now now I'm in your sphere, right? I'm watching all your videos. Yeah. That's the idea anyway. True. True. Um, um Ray, sure. I was gonna ask you one more thing here. Um I because this is this is a part of the business that I don't generally <laughs> I don't get to poke into, right? When I'm talking to my clients, I'm not, I'm not generally talking about the away, Joel. You're you are my client. <laughs> you're you're my client, but you're my friend too. We've been together for a long time now. Uh -huh. What sort of commission split are agents enjoying? Our agents I hear a lot actually about the the way that mortgage officers get paid. I, I do get a glimpse inside yeah. their world sometimes because right. I've got a lot of coaches that I work for. But yeah. on the real estate side of things, on the agent side of things, what what is their end? What does it look like to be a real estate agent and make a successful real estate okay. transaction? Good question. I don't think I've ever been asked this um, publicly or live before. So yeah, love uh, happy to get into it and also happy to uh, happy to hear any responses or questions from people who, or comments. Uh, uh, reach out and, and let me know. In fact, let me know what uh, what what deal you're on. I'm, I'm interested to know more. My um, anecdotal uh, result to that question or answer to that question from what I know is probably agents are keeping anywhere from 40 to 50% uh, of what we call the GCI or gross commission income. Uh, if they sell uh, Joel and Kelly's house and they get um, 10, a $10,000 fee, um, out of that, the agency will keep 50 or 60% and the agent will get 40%. So they get four grand. That's what we call their net commission out of that. However, there's change afoot. There's things going on at the moment. There are some new models rolling out where, and I know one company called EXP, which is just starting to gain some momentum in Australia um, and just starting to gain some uh, or big momentum uh, in Canada and the US. I think there's uh, nearly close to 100,000 agents uh, now. Um, and if you'd like any more info, reach out because I've got a good contact who can tell you. But um, there's some stuff going on there. So, And I'll tell you quickly, the EXP money is you um, pay 25000 of the first 100000 earned. So if you earn 100000 in gross commission, which means I've got to sell ten. Uh, Joel and Kelly houses to get that get that gr gross amount, um, uh, and out of that amount, I pay twenty five thousand, and everything for the next twelve months that I make, uh, I keep. So there's many agents who are doing you know fifteen, twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars in in single sale fees at the moment. So it's not hard to build up in a in a higher sale area to forty grand. So I know of one agent in Auckland, New Zealand, who was working with a uh, a large brand there who will remain nameless, but they were doing close to a million dollars uh, for the last three years. And they are paying, I think they paid, they're on a pretty good deal there. So I think they paid around 400,000 to the, to the big brand uh, each year. Um, so that's uh, what's that 400 times three is 1.2. Um, they made the switch to, uh, to another company where they only uh, paid 25 grand. So, Instead of paying 1.2 in uh, to the agency, they um, they only paid uh, 75 grand over those three years. So, well, that's the comparable wow. sort of in the next year. So, there's a model that's coming that's uh, that's letting agents keep more of what they make. Um, it's a much bigger story than that, Joel, because it comes back to the brand that they're with. You know, there are people that do want to do that that want to want to be in a work for a cloud based agency and and um, and, you know, work out of their car. They don't sort of work out of an office. They're mobile. They're cloud-based. Uh, walk to the beat of their own drum. There are other other people who go, you know, I, I need the environment of an office. I need the security. Yeah, of need a bullpen. A bullpen, yeah, exactly. I want to work as part of a team, um, that sort of thing. So that's what's going on with that. Speaking of bullpen, did you see that Japanese guy, 700 million? They've signed him up for 10 years. 
Okay, but but what a brilliant contract, though. But what a brilliant contract. Did you see the specifics? So it's deferred. He's only going to make like $2 million a year for basically the length of the contract. However, when his, when like the playing time is over, basically, then the contract kicks in and they owe him the real money. He's going to make 70 million a year. The last payment comes when he's 49, Ray. No way. Yes. And, and you're like, okay, great for him. Super smart. First of all, he makes $46 million a year on average currently in endorsements. So he doesn't need the salary, right? He could work for a dollar if he wanted to today. And baseball is still well worth it because of the endorsement deals that he gets. But the long-term planning to think as a athlete, when I'm in my late thirties and in my forties, especially when I'm not earning at the same capacity that I can now, when my when my prime years have been burned off, he can get good, you know, TV contracts probably as a commentator or something. Um, but that's not seventy million dollars a year. But he'll get seventy million dollars a year for that, you know, decade or whatever, while he's really building his earning potential and solidifying his legacy for the rest of his life is brilliant on his part. But on the organization's part too. Uh, who is who is that that he's even signed a contract with? Was it the Dodgers uh, or the Yankees? California. I forget. Yeah, I think it's the Dodgers. It's the Dodgers. I think so too. Yeah. But that organization, instead of being hit with a $70 million a year cap uh, uh, luxury tax, yeah. right, which is what they would have done with a $700 million contract for 10 years, instead, because it's amortized, they're going to be hit with like a $40 million tax hit on each year, luxury tax hit on each year. So it's totally within the range of a premium player normally instead of this massive thing that they would have been costing themselves otherwise. So it's really, really a brilliant contract. It's also great trivia, Ray, because in 15 (laughs) years, we're going to be joking about who does the Dodgers play, you know, who are they paying every year that hasn't been on their team since whatever, you know. It's crazy. And do you know why they're paying him all that money, Joel? He's earns it. I, was, I had this conversation with my wife yesterday. She goes, anytime I hear a contract about that, I'm just like, our whole world is like a scance, right? It's like, why would we value any athlete at that level of money? I, I understand like ticket sales, whatever, but I'm like, it's exact. It's, it's, it's wealth creation. Like his playing is at such a high level and he's so well known worldwide. The combination means eyeballs, right? They'll fill up the stadium for him. The 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 TV contracts and media streaming contracts that these leagues continue to make are high, although those will shrink over the next 10 to 15 years by the way. Those will come back to earth a little bit and I think the player contracts will also shrink accordingly. Well, the thing why they're paying him all this money um is because he can bat and he can pitch. <laughs> Yeah. So he, yeah, that's what I'm he's saying. in the top 1% of both. He's a freak. In shot. both. Yeah. He's, I mean, no, yeah. no one's done that. Now, listen, baseball changed. And so nobody tried to do it really in America anyway, in, in Major League Baseball since Babe Ruth, effectively. Like when they took Babe Ruth out of the pitching rotation so that he could hit every day. Yeah. Nobody did it again, effectively. And you've had the odd like one off. But I think there might have been these like natural physical freaks who could have had a performance like this in the intervening years. We just we didn't align. It's like I think there are a lot of great American soccer athletes that we don't know about because they never got in the soccer train. Right. They didn't play football out of the gate. They played, you know, baseball or basketball or something because they're an American. And Um, His name is Shohei. Joel, his name is Shohei, S-H-O-H-E-I, Shohei Otani, O-H-T-A-N-I. Otani, yeah. uh, It's a great name. Otani is one of those names that you can hear. I mean, that looks good on a jersey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's. I mean, it is a, it's interesting. That's his nickname, isn't it? The, the main show or the, the. The big show, or he's got a nickname, something Showtime good. or something like Showtime. that. Yes, Showtime. I don't. I'm not a Showtime. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah that, I'm not. A, I'm not a big baseball fan, but I. I am a. I am a, a sports business fan. I guess I like to, to yeah. hear the big contracts and and look into them. And this awesome. is one of the most fascinating ones in a long time. It is, but great. I think. The lesson for us, though, Ray, is like is creativity, right? In finance, creativity and strategy, creativity and approach. Um, 
you know, the 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 two entities there wanted to make this deal and and make it valuable for everybody. But then there are also realities of the luxury tax and things like that. His current income, do I need enough? Do I need the tax hit of $70 million a year on top of my endorsements for these next five years? No, give yeah. it to me in 10 years when I'm not paying these taxes, right? So after anyway, this, I think, after this, I'm going I think we should all take that lesson. Practice my pitch. <laughs> Ray, <laughs> I got to tell you, I think you and I are both past our, our prime on the, Dude, the, the ball game, yourself. actually. I'm, I'm, now, now that I'm in my 50s, I'm hitting my prime. Hey, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go, but I got one last question yes. for you. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be a Joel and Ray call or a session and unless we got into a little bit of US politics, right? So so uh I need a little bit of entertainment. Um and you're from the deep south. Uh give us a little bit of a Joel overview on on what's going on with the uh speaking of shows at the showtime, what's happening at the moment. so the if it wasn't approaching a, a presidential election year, the big story would be that our two-term Democratic governor here in Louisiana is is out of office now, or about to be out of office. He's, he's at the end of his uh, term limits, and the replacement is a hardcore Republican. So state politics here for me locally are going to be a big change. However, that's all been shut down. People don't talk about that, really, because the... <laughs> The winner of the Hunger Games that was the uh, Speaker of the House competition uh, was finally settled by a, a Louisianian, right? Uh, uh, Mike Johnson, who is a, a member of the uh, the Senate from Louisiana. He's a he's he's not my senator, but he's from the South part of the there state. I, I can't stand him. He's a real hack, and it blows my mind that so many members of our government. Um, continue to purport that the last election was stolen and they do that in public and we basically all just as a society are supposed to just deal with it instead of like i, I don't know i don't know in my mind if first of all if it was true then why aren't they literally out in the streets revolting right like why not take up arms and overthrow the government if that's actually what you believe that it was stolen but if if it's not true which it's not <laughs> the government wasn't stolen then why aren't there any repercussions for politicians, for public officials? Isn't that it still an to... on... the January 6th thing still an ongoing court case? There's been... Well, so almost of all of them... Who are turning, who all... are turning crown... You saw well, it's still a going against Trump for incitement, yeah. right? Yeah. The, the, the idea of whether or not he incited it won't be decided, I think. I think that one actually gets done right before Super Tuesday next okay. year, okay. Uh, I think. So like in, in March, I think. Um but that's the problem, Ray, is like we've got a guy who may end up being not just indicted, but he may be convicted of multiple felonies yeah. <laughs> between here and Election Day. And and the party that he represents uh, seems completely uninterested Oblivious. in putting anyone else forth. I know. Right? Like they just they, he's the guy and we're going to ride with this guy. Until he, Ron DeSantis. I mean, honestly, he's 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 losing. Um, OK, here's the one that kills me. Yeah. That's the one that kills me, Ray. Nikki Haley, if you look at the polls, Nikki Haley beats Biden by like 15 points. Yeah. But they won't run her as the Republican nominee. She's not going to get even close. No. She's not, she's like third or fourth in the running, and she's way, way. Anyway, nobody's going to get it except Trump unless he kills over. Like, that's honestly, and I don't wish for a man's death, but I do think, like, how many problems would be solved by a heart attack? <laughs> I mean, honestly. Rocky. <laughs> so... We here's the real the thing, though. Here's here on the top. Here's eight. the problem for me. Here's the problem for me, Ray. It's not about honestly. It's not even about Trump. There is a there is an illness in American politics that I think is fundamentally about the level of money that we allow into the process. Right. We we had this this law, Citizens United, uh, that was uh, decided by the Supreme Court, and what it means effectively is that corporations, companies can spend unlimited amounts of money um, with without any real oversight or like accountability or like where did this money come from and from who? Yeah. None of that is, we don't know. We don't know and there's no legal recourse for us to know. Yeah. And so what that means is that politicians are completely now beholden to those interests that pay their bills yep. and that pay for their next election cycle versus to the actual people who elected them. And that's yep. the fundamental problem. And it's a problem in both parties. Honestly, I think that is most readily shown in the fact that both of our 
party nominees, ostensibly. The process isn't over yet, obviously, but it's going to be Joe Biden on the Democratic uh, as the Democratic nominee. Yep. And it's going to be Donald Trump on the Republican nominee as the Republican nominee at this time. And both of those men are over 80. Now, Trump, like Ray, I think, is he? Uh, if he's not, he's 79. He's is within he? he's within okay. two years or three years of Biden. They're okay. they're right at the same age with each other. But my, my the, here's my thing. When my mother was young, when you were young, we had President President Kennedy, and mm-hmm. he was this youthful, vibrant, not just appearance, although that made a big difference, right? Because it was the first election that was held on TV, and so the fact that he was so good looking and charming and charismatic played very well for the election. But the real key to his presidency and the effect that it's had on the American, um, and, and as you know, what happens in America affects the rest of the world in a great uh, uh, proportion too. Yep. But the reason why we had such a boom after Kennedy's presidency and in the following decades, I think, was because of the vibrancy of his ideas. Mm-hmm. Kennedy tried things that a man in his 30s, 40s, 50s will try that men in their 70s and 80s won't try. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he yeah. he pushed and had an outlook on life. Uh, in a way that was positive and forward thinking instead of stayed and protective. Right. Well, Obama tried to do that, but he never had. Well, we, I was going to say we had a same, we had a similar cycle though. No. Okay. So he did some of it though. Right. And look at that. Look at that series of presidents too. We had Clinton, then we had Bush, then we had Obama. Okay. And Clinton, Bush and Obama all in their forties, early fifties during their presidencies. Yeah. Okay. And all similarly exciting, aggressive, uh, ambitious. Yeah. Obama overhauled American health care for yeah. the better. It's not perfect, but it is better than light years better than it was in the early 2000s before yeah. Obamacare came in. And even Republicans, uh, you know, rank and file Republicans, if you poll them on the specifics of American health care policy, they like it. It's why the Republican Party can't repeal it as they've tried to do so many times because it's an unpopular opinion even among republican voters don't get rid of it that's actually an okay system we'd like a better one please but this one will work better than the old one don't go back to the old way so that's what i want again and i and i wonder why is it that our parties say i think everybody wonders think about it literally since obama all we've done for now eight, eight years and counting is revert we've gone back not to that same we haven't held steady We've gone back a generation. Mm-hmm. Biden and, and Trump are older than Bush and Clinton and Obama. Yeah, that's unhealthy. That's yeah. that's that's unhealthy, like all by itself. I like President Biden. I think he's done a good job in a difficult situation, but I don't think he was the right leader for this time. And I and I can't see my children's generation, for instance, getting excited to follow his leadership into the future. I can't see a new space program being launched, for instance, under a Joe Biden. I, I just, I don't know. So that's my thing is when are we going to get presidents? I mean, very frankly, I'm 42. When are we going to get presidents of my generation? And and interestingly, are we going to skip my older brother's generation? You know, are, are we ever going to have a Gen X president? I, I don't know that we are. No. I think we might go straight to millennials. Honestly, we might just have an AI strange. president. <laughs> well, realistically, I like I like Buttigieg. Um, you know, I liked him when he was campaigning. I thought he was a little milk toast, but he's done an excellent job in transportation, and uh, he, he's done an excellent job as a face for this administration because is he America is so much more vibrant and outgoing. President, boy, I, you know, I don't know, Ray. I would have said. Uh, about eight years ago that we were ready to elect a woman and we weren't. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know, man. I, we're still not, I don't think, by the way. That's one of the reasons why I don't think Nikki Haley's doing any better than she is. Yeah. I think she's a good candidate. I don't like her politics, but I think she's a good candidate. I just think America doesn't want a female president. And that, I don't understand it. Um, I don't. I do wonder. I wonder if gay matters less than female. Yeah, American politics. It's a I weird mean, question, but I really do. It's the st- I don't think like it's been eye opening really. I mean, the states have never been so ununited, have they? It's uh, it's um, it feels like that way, but that's about, not really true. You talked about that Civil War movie, a modern day yeah. Civil War that scares the crap out of anybody. But um, yeah, I don't so know. I, I'm, I I'm a big I, I, in the states. Here's just, the thing: I think though, it's Ray. been an eye opener for a lot of people looking from outside looking in. Yes, but here's the thing: we're not. I don't think we are genuinely more disunited 
or, or, or less united than we ever have been in history. We actually had a war once, you know, um, and when we split the country right down the middle and when we fought over it for four years. So, so we're not there. I think what is true is that we're more uh, digitally connected to each other and to everyone in our society than we ever have been in the past. Right. So we know basically everything that's happening. And as you said, the media has learned in those intervening, you know, whatever, 150, almost 200 years now since the civil war that, uh, the bad news sales. So, yeah. so we hear more of that, but genuinely, even my neighbors, you mentioned a couple of times, I live in the deep South. I am surrounded by Trump voters and I am very liberal and open about it. But I don't get I I don't get almost any hate. I get some some kind ribbing. I get some, you know, good natured poking about uh, my liberal ways, my kooky, hippie, whatever. You, haven't, these had, people, you haven't had like a shotgun shell on the front doorstep or anything. No, no, exactly. I, I, I mean, and I maybe that's some people's lived experience. I don't mean to downplay that. But but genuinely, I think most people one to one still get along just fine. It's yeah. it's what we're willing to say about each other when we're removed from each other that I think has changed. And I think the right leader, that's what I'm talking about. I think the right leader could change the tone on that too. I think Obama did what he could. He had race working against Mm -hmm. him in a way that I think, you know, was once you've broken the seal on that, I I don't think the next uh, black president would have quite such a hill to climb in that way. But go back and watch some of his speeches sometime. He's such a conciliatory president. He's such a welcoming oh. and and positive, again, forward thinking. Such an amazing I, man. The announcement when he and uh, um, when he and his wife came out in support for uh, marriage equality, mm-hmm. his description of his own changing pro- thought process on that, I thought, was so perfect for that moment in american politics and i do think it moved the needle even for some conservative voters um you know as much as having a a gay nephew or something that's generally any of those sorts of things progressive views most often change when it affects your personal life when you are affected by a specific issue when you have somebody in your circle who who comes across that then suddenly it matters to you as well it's a shame that we can't be more empathetic with strangers i suppose but when we have the right leadership ray and honestly, I think I know you don't love everything that Trudeau has done, but I do think he gets this right. The conciliatory nature, the 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 fatherly relationship that or, or the, the the parent relationship that we want our government leaders to have in times of crisis or times of trouble or times of tragedy. Um, I think Trudeau has done a good job of that. I think Obama was excellent at that. And I'm hopeful that our next you know, fresh-faced leader. It ain't going to be me, Ray, by the way. This is not my campaign announcement. Say, let's, let, I'll vote for you, Joel. Let's do it. Um, anyway, that's what I'm hopeful. That's what I'm most hopeful for in 24. I'm, I'm hopeful for good leadership at all levels. And we can be that as business owners, right? Like we can't change the laws, but we can create a positive atmosphere in our own community by yeah. the way we act and the way that we engage with others. Yeah. Buddy, I want to wish you a happy Christmas. Thank you so much for your time today for these for, for both of these episodes. We've got some fabulous content here. It's always great to catch up. Thank you for sharing all your thoughts and all your brilliant tech ideas and strategies. And I uh, just love your feedback and love hanging out. Um, give them a love Thanks, to Ray. Del and, uh, I will. and the Absolutely. kids. And um, I hope you have a, a fabulous Chrissy. You too, man. Happy Christmas to you and yours and everybody that's listening. And uh, if you find yourself in need of some guidance for content creation in the new year, uh, find me, joelsharpton.com or propodcastingservices.com, and uh, we'll we'll hook it up, make it happen. We've got to put some uh, show notes. We've got to put some show notes and, and some links in our show notes and stuff. All right. Take care, my friend. You too, Ray. Bye-bye. Love your work. See you, buddy. When you're ready to move up to an insanely fast full suite platform, Real Ads delivers everything the modern agent needs, including online design tools, social media ads manager, landing pages, websites, email and text messaging, CRM, customized ebooks, and much more. There's never been a real estate tech stack like Real Ads. Discover the future of real estate marketing by Googling Real Ads CRM. That's R E A L A D S CRM. Yeah.